Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Art of Money podcast, where I share honest conversations about how money influences our personal experiences, beliefs, and relationships, infusing this taboo subject with a loving dose of dark chocolate and inspiring encouragement. I am Barry Tesler, a financial therapist, author, and creator of The Art of Money, which is my flagship program, year-long money school, and global community. Integrating money healing, money practices, and money maps, The Art of Money is my holistic framework, blending therapeutic, body-based practices with the real-life tools you need to create healthy, sustainable change in your relationship with money. So you can say goodbye to that dusty old budget and hello to healing your money life. Learn more on my website, barrytesler.com. For now, grab something to sip on, get comfy, and tune in to today's episode of the Art of Money podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome. I am Barry Tesler Linden, a financial therapist, mompreneur, I'm the creator of The Art of Money, which is a published book and a year-long money school. When I got the vision to create my year-long program, The Art of Money, I knew I wanted to support as diverse a community as possible along their unique money journeys. And that meant I needed to gather some amazing people by my side to help me with this. I knew from the beginning that I would need an amazing team by my side, not just behind the scenes, but also center stage with me to hold the community provide fresh perspectives, and share a wide range of ideas, tools, and expertise around all the various facets of money. That's why every year our Art of Money community has four or five TAs. They're not just teaching assistants, though. They're transformational assistants. Each one is a financial professional in their own right, and I've handpicked them all to bring you a diverse set of backgrounds, skills, and vantage points around money. The whole year, they're right there in the private Facebook group, cheering us on, lending support, and troubleshooting the inevitable ups and downs that happen when you devote a whole year to growing your relationship with money. Because each one of them is so amazing, I wanted to share a bit of their stories and teachings with you in the wider community. This is a little taste of the Art of Money experience. I hope it meets you wherever you are on your money journey and gives you some practical inspiration to take the next baby step or big leap that's right for you. Enjoy. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another Teaching Assistant, Transformational Assistant interview for the Art of Money community. Today, I'm very excited to have the honor of interviewing Andrea Gage. She has been one of our TAs for the last two years, and she is continuing for a third year. And three years ago, she took the art of money, and that's when I saw her and saw her work and invited her to be one of the TAs. And it's been wonderful to have her support in the community, and she is a somatic trainer. Um, and so her and I share a similar training and background, and it's been so essential and so important to me to have someone who's a somatic trainer as one of the TAs in the community. So here's Andrea's official bio. 
Andrea Gage has a passion for boundaries and the somatic arts. While still in her film industry career, she took a self-defense course that changed the direction of her life. She became an instructor with Bay Area Impact, formerly Model Mugging, and to better work with her students, she began learning about somatic experiencing, an approach to healing trauma in 2001. She went on to study organic intelligence with Steve Huskinson, Huskinson. Yeah. Okay. as well as work with Kathy Kane in the hands-on approach to somatic healing. She believes that boundary work is foundational in our healing. Over the past 10 years, she has been teaching classes on boundaries while also building a private practice to help those regain nervous system regulation after trauma. This coming year, she'll be offering her online boundary course, yay, as well as boundaries podcast called The Boundary Spectrum. She lives in the Central Valley of California with her teacher, pistachio farmer husband, and their two cats. Welcome, Andrea. So happy you're Thank here. Thank you so much, Barry. I'm so happy to be here. I really appreciate it. Hmm, okay, so, so much to talk about. Um, let's begin with some of your story. And I didn't even know this history with being in um, film and then you taking model mugging. I've heard of that. And then from there, you know, stepping into the somatic experiencing work of Peter Levine. But I'd, I'd love for you yeah. to share more of your story. We'll start there. And what brought oh. you into the somatic work? Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, I... I, when I think about it, it's like, and my story, well, my started, you know, my story started, you know, years and years and years ago, but as, as we all did, um, um, I was, I was a very sensitive child and I was one of those sensitive kids that knew when the phone was going to ring and knew when people were coming to the door. And uh, just because of different circumstances, I started shutting that kind of stuff down. Hmm. And um, you know, just growing up safety-wise, it was overwhelming for me. It was a little overwhelming for my parents. So they're open to that type of stuff. Um, didn't quite know how to guide me in it. And so it wasn't until um, I, I went to uh, UCLA and got my uh, bachelor's in theater and as a stage manager and, and always had a love for the arts. And um, I think I'm a wannabe actress, but a little afraid to get out there and do my thing. Um, so um, I, I got into the film industry because I was down in Los Angeles and um, started out working in editorial. You know, I used to repair editorial equipment. And um, just I'm one of those people that I just, I, if I drop into something, I'm going to put myself into it. So it was like I wanted to learn how to make those, fix those machines. I wanted to learn about editorial. Um, okay, now what else can I learn in the, in the film industry? And I started working on TV commercials and became a production assistant, moved up to production coordinator. Well, living in Los Angeles um, and by myself, I was just noticing that there were uh, more people around my home that I didn't know. And uh, at that time, you know, I perceived homeless people more as a threat, like um, just out of my own um, body sensation of anybody I didn't know scared me. And so uh, someone, while I was, turning in the film to get repaired or not to get developed at PhotoCam, someone just said, well, you really want to take this great class. It's called Impact. And she handed me a flyer, you know, back then when you actually got papered and learned about a class. And I was just like, yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. It's 
scared, but just the thought scared me. And eventually got up the courage and, and took the class. And it really did change my life. Uh, went on to take the advanced class. Um, and, oh, pardon me. I'm going to send that to voicemail. I'll call. Um, and... You went on to take the... Yeah, you went yeah. on to take the advanced class of... Yeah, I went on to take it. It was an advanced class. Um, and it that started getting me the self-confidence within my body to start saying no. Okay. And soon after that, I was mm-hmm. then able to um, leave a job that I was actually having a breakdown at. I started going to therapy. Um, I broke up with a boyfriend. Um, I moved up to San Francisco that I've always wanted to do because I'm from the San Francisco Bay Area. Um, and then I always wanted to work for Industrial Light and Magic, the guys who did Star Wars. And um, <laughs> I got that opportunity and worked there for eight years. Wow. So, yeah, that was just like the biggest, I'm the biggest geek and uh, loved working there and being part of that family. I love being part of a group and working towards a common goal. And um, even though it was, you know, entertainment, it was still fun. It was great, great, great fun. I worked in the commercial division. Um and just a side note, I am in the first movie. Uh, I am I'm one of the cheering people. Uh, ah! at the very end. <laughs> oh my God! My yeah. husband and my son will go nuts when they hear this. Okay. So you've already seen the new movie. You've already you, seen the newest one. I have seen the newest one. Loved it. Okay. Really loved okay. it. Yeah. And okay. I have more to say about that. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah, I always want to. My my, I want to have the hashtag. What about Leia? Like Leia has a whole story, as I've learned. Like the drama story, her like there's so much more depth that could be with Princess Leia. But that's a whole yeah. other deal. Well, yeah, anyway. Um, so, uh, I while I was doing the film industry, um, I decided to assist for Bay Area Model Mugging. That's BAM. It was called. And they needed instructors, and so um, they asked me if I wanted, if I was interested in being an instructor, and I just said yes. And again, it scared me, but mm. I knew it was the right direction to go in. And I worked there for ten years, and that was like during my thirties, and it like changed who I was in that I got to trust women and men more. Mm. Um, I learned my own physical strength and voice. Um, I learned how to work with a male partner, which I found so valuable um, to have an equal partnership when teaching. is it, I haven't felt much of that uh, as of late and really miss it. I had an amazing teacher um, and, and teaching partner, I should say, my friends too. Uh, and then um, while doing that, it was like, you know, I'm, I'm – I was I started therapy and my therapist was like you know all the stuff that you're talking about is these in at these BAM classes or impact classes it's now called Barry Impact um, sounds like this work that I'm learning and she was learning somatic experiencing at the time and she invited me to a Peter Levine introduction and I was smitten uh, he <laughs> it was kind of funny even in that uh, intro I asked him a question that he didn't he wasn't ready to answer and pretty much he 
just kind of poo-pooed me and looked back at my counselor, and I was like, did he just blow me off? And she's like, he sure did. And then that just became more interesting to me. <laughs> it's like, mm. oh, okay. Well, there's got to be more here. You know, what's going on? So I started taking, I started taking the courses, and it's a three-year training program, which I didn't know at the time. I just went from one to the next to the next because it, it was so fascinating. And my teacher was Stephen Hopkinson. And to be able to bring that back to the class and understand how to work with activation and where thresholds were and to be able to do that within the body, to recognize when someone was um, activated and then how they could get to threshold and then allow themselves to deactivate and join the community again. It was fascinating to me. It still is. It's just I love how um, our bodies work and our nervous systems work. And to see that in action uh, was just amazing. And then as time has gone on, I then started assisting for the classes. I, I used my film industry coordinating skills to coordinate trainings, which I still do to this day, just so I can stay stay in touch with the community as well as the material, because it continues to evolve to this day. As you well know, somatic art, is, it's been around generations, and it's still quite new. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah we were just studying some of his, first maybe there was two books out you know 25 years mm-hmm. ago um yeah. and he wasn't the main somatic um modality or you know that we were studying but he you know we read his books um 25 years ago and even since then his work in particular has grown so much and has gotten so much exposure and so many more people are studying it and becoming somatic experiencing practitioners you know just yeah and then his Right, and then his teachers like then went and they've gone on to add to the modality and yeah. develop their own modalities around it, which also are just amazing. Mm. So it's just some, like some of us sit here and we go, we've got so many classes, so, many, so much to learn. <laughs> are we going to get it in in this lifetime? I don't know. Let's give it a try. Amazing, yeah. amazing. Okay. Mm. And share a little bit about you know, the tools it's given you to continue to work with your sensitivity, the fact that you're an empath and somewhat psychic. You didn't say empath mm-hmm. or psychic. Um, but I am. That's yes, right. But you are. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know me. Um, you know me. Right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have a cousin who's just, you know, she's always taught about this, and she's going to teach more. She's a few years older than me, and she says, you know, it skips every other generation, but it's, you know, it's a gene in my family and or, or whatever. You know, it's part of our lineage, and she calls it the empath. And, you know, so, I mean, if you were, as a child, sensitive and fully aware of when the phone was going to ring or when things going to happen, right, that's, yep. you have that as well. So you did And I'm, I'm realizing it's, it's in my lineage as well. Yeah. It's like I thought it was yeah. more on my mother's side, but the more I got to know my dad, my dad is a, uh, an amazing empath. And he used to work at, my parents met because they were um, uh, store detectives at Emporium in San Francisco. And my dad could say, like, he, he uh, intrigued my mother by saying, there's someone stealing a suit on the third floor. Want to check it out? And she's like, oh, yeah. And they found <laughs> someone stealing a, 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 a suit in the third floor and you're on a residence. So it's like, you know, that's the crazy field that I come from. <laughs> that is an, like the best pickup line ever. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is amazing. That is a great yeah. story. So yeah. fascinating. Okay. So it's on both sides, you know, for you, it's yeah. your mother and your father. Um, 
just a little bit about how it supported you. I know that it's ongoing, right? Anyone who's sensitive, sure. this is ongoing work. Um, share share a little bit about how it's, you know, just to learn the tools on how to calm your nervous system down um, yeah. as a human being at this time. Yeah, well, how it, how does it support you? Um, I will say I will say when I first started, uh, the thought of entering my body was just out of the question. And I laugh now, and I I, I'm, I know my I'm still friends with my therapist now, and and I always apologize to her because she'd say, so you know, where do you notice that in your body? And I'm like, I don't my body. What are you talking about my body? I have this story I want to tell you. So what I got to learn in uh, with somatic experiencing was how to just touch in to what's tolerable and and incorporating what Steve Hoskinson developed in with um, his his work of organic intelligence was to be able to notice what what you like what's okay first and not to go in not to go into the body when you're upset but to go into the body more when things are going well mm-hmm. because as a society we don't um we usually tend to want to go towards what's wrong, mm-hmm. and how is it to go towards what's right and support that first? Because then, when we have that support, uh, then we can pay attention to what's wrong with more capacity. Mm-hmm. So I had to build that muscle and that skill to actually be okay with noticing what's right, you know, because because then we get more complex with because of circumstance of growing up in different situations. Um, there's always the well. What's wrong with me? Like I started, right. I started with therapy because my thought was something's wrong with me. Right. And so people walk in our door and say, "There's something wrong with me. Can you fix me?" And usually I say, "Well, let's start with what's right about you. Mm-hmm. What's, you know, what what's been supporting you? What's helping you? What got you to here? You know, you've been through so much. Like, what got you here?" And let's start working with that in the system so that as we move into the hard stuff, that we've got more support. I love it. I think I even want to back up for a moment and ask you how you define somatic therapy because people ask me that all the time. I'd love to hear your response to that. Uh, Peter Levine in our advanced class, he started the class by saying somatic experiencing is not about somatic experiencing. So for those who don't know, somatic is about body. And people usually think, well, where do you feel that? How do you feel that? Get in the body. The body is essential to be able to integrate an experience. Um, but what we've learned is that there's other aspects to an experience in your mind, uh, in your behavior, in your emotions. Um, and it, he, he does it. In imagery, uh, so that he does that with SIVAM, sensation, image, affect, meaning, and behavior. And uh, so it's, it's a, the ability to be able to look at all these different aspects and be able to then incorporate into the body. And because the body, in my opinion, is where we live, that can be the hardest place to come to, really. We're really good at, like, even though I live here, I live out here. <laughs> I live outside my body. And so when you think somatic therapies, I'm not just thinking about the body, but it's incorporating it into the body. It's a way of, yeah, that's a good question. I haven't thought about that. You're answering it great. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're also, there's a few things you said 
it's about the emotions, it's about the energy, and then you said a third one, and mm-hmm. then you name four things that Peter Levine talks about. Can you say that piece slower and again? Yeah. Um, yeah, he he talks about, and I think one of his books, he talks about sensation. So sensation, sensation. is what we're going to feel in our body. Image, that those things that we picture, dreams, any kind of um, uh, memories can come into image how we see it, uh, uh, behavior, how we're acting, and that's more of what a therapist or a practitioner is going to see in another and be tracking some patterns in their behavior patterns that we as, as the client may not see. Uh, affect, and now affect, like when people say, how do you feel? I usually really like to make that discernment. How we feel is an emotion, but then what we sense is what's happening in our body. So we may sense an emotion. How do we know we're happy? How do you know you're sad? Oh, well, I know I'm happy because I get warm in my chest and, my, and I get a smile on my face. You know, I know I'm sad because tears are coming in. I feel heavy uh, you know, on my back or my shoulders. So, and it's always different for everybody, but just to, just to delineate those two. So affect is one. It's like what kind of emotion is coming up and is it appropriate for what um, I'm talking about? And then um, meaning. So that's a lot of our thoughts, and a lot of people come into therapy very heavy on the meaning channel, and I was that, I was that way. It's like, let me tell you my story. If we talk about it enough, maybe it will go away um, or it will shift. Where then my, with the artwork, as Peter also says, it's the art of somatic experiencing, it's starting to bring in and weave in these different pieces um, of the whole Saiban model. I love it. Yes. I love it. You yes. know, I think every person would answer this question differently. How do you define yes. somatic therapy? I usually say a few different things, which is, one, I started in talk therapy, too. I had lots of stories to tell, you know, but I also yeah. played a lot of games by telling those stories or t- talking too much, you know, just talking too much. And that somat- somatic, the somatic tools helped me learn how to listen to my body again and get in my body and... Yep. Um, also just see what I was holding in my body and what memories or trauma or just just to learn how to listen to myself and my messages, you know, on different la- levels and different channels. I mean, there's so much more to say, but that's yep. that's a little yep. bit. Because um, I come, I also come out of the, and I didn't, I forgot to mention, it was also in the mix of the self-defense and therapy and learning SE. I became a massage therapist as well. Okay. And that tied back to the, oh, well, I was always told I was good with my hands. I was always told I gave a good, you know, back rub. So why don't I just learn how to, and uh, somatic experiencing in their third year incorporate touch. So I thought, well, I'll learn more about the body before I touch it. So, again, I had to put it outside myself to be able to learn it internally. Hmm. So I learned how to touch others before I could come in and touch myself. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. So I had that also, that the somatic bent of, oh, well, somatic means actual body therapy. Say that again, means a full body. It was like like body therapies, like massage or cranial sacral or, you know, those type of modalities, but that's a somatic modality or somatic therapy. The hands-on work, that's one piece of it, right? And not everyone will do that or they won't do that at the beginning. They won't do that for a while, right? Right. Until they're ready. Okay. 
Can you just describe a little bit about, you know, what you mean by calming down the nervous system and why that's so important? And then I and then we'll head into boundaries, but if you can define describe this a little bit, that would be helpful. Uh, coming, uh, cal- calming the nervous system. Um, I, I think I come back to the basics of fight, flight, and freeze. Yes. And um, depending on our conditioning and how we were brought up, we may be uh, stronger in one of those channels: fight, flight, or freeze. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, to be able to notice that and not to have to live at those higher levels for my safety. So when I calm down the nervous system, it's it's in a way learning how I perceive my safety. And usually you don't know how to get lower until you get there. Mm-hmm. And so and it takes some trust and it takes some experience of what's it like to um, be calmer. What is it like to live from a lower uh, sensitivity? Well, not, I hate to say sensitivity because... I will also say that people who have been through trauma or hard times in their lives, they have certain sensitivities to when they're not safe, yeah. heightened. You know, it's heightened. And I totally, re- I totally respect that because they've learned a lot from it. So I don't want to squash that. Coming down and lowering our nervous system does not mean we're not being attentive to ourselves. It's actually, we're actually learning how to be more attentive. Okay. But lo- that lower energetic uh like I don't, I won't be as anxious. I won't be as worried. I'm not always looking around anymore. Um, things like that. Like I'm, I'm able to calm my nervous system that I can actually sleep. I can actually enjoy my day. I can enjoy a meal. I can, you know, drive a car without having to worry or think I'm going to get into a wreck. Or you know, it's like, oh no, I've got skills to manage that, and and I'm low enough that I can be in in the present moment that I can drive my car. You know, so. Um, does that help answer that a little bit? I, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, you know, that I think we all have levels of trauma from small, medium to large. You know, yeah. As humans at this time, um, that's what I see. I imagine you see that as well. <clears throat> it's just normal, you know. Unfortunately, yeah. and it's just normal, right? Or it's just part of being a human. Yeah. Um, and and I hear what you're. What I'm hearing is that there are certainly some learned even strengths or coping mechanisms that we want to honor. You know, there's a hypervigilance maybe that's even learned. Like we have learned how to watch um, for safety, right? Um, But at some point it will be really helpful to learn how to relax that a bit so we're not always on that edge in that fight, flight, or freeze. Yeah, wherever we go, wherever we go, right? And then I'm also going to tend to when my safety system comes online. So if I hear a noise, I'm going to check it out. Right. Okay. And because that, that's part of our that's part of from you know when way way our ancestors way at the very beginning that's how we survived. Whether we heard we heard someone something snap a twig, we're going to check it out because it could be somebody trying to get us or it's a little kitten like I saw today when I was trimming a tree. I was like, wow, I heard, and I stopped. And I listened, and then this little kitten came out. Aww. And I was like, it's just a little kitten. Mm. You know? yeah. <laughs> We've got lots of those around here. So it's like, mm. and then my body gets to learn, oh, sometimes a snapping twig is just a kitten. So was this entire somatic experiencing work, um, did it come out of 
trauma work and wanting to help people navigate through trauma, small, medium to large, or large trauma? Or can you just explain why it was created? Uh, my my work or well, this the, you know somatic experiencing. In general, you shared some of your just just why in general why was that work created or what did it come from? Was it coming from? Oh, well, yeah. Well, Peter Peter started looking at it from um, how animals were treated. He was coming at it from the scientific side of it and looking at how people or how animals uh, deal with activation. Okay. And. So then, you know, then it starts getting translated into people. And what he saw was he saw, like, the freeze component of the human beings that hadn't been talked about very much. That's my understanding of what Peter brought was a lot of the freeze component um, to our current thought of fight, flight, and freeze. Um, and so then it starts going into, well, what is trauma? Because um, we can have events happen but not be traumatized by them depending on the uh, what our nervous system has been through from our conception. So depending on our experiences and how our body has allowed it to um, heal from each of those experiences, um, different um, outcomes can happen. And so that's the, that's the interesting part is like everybody who comes in front of me is a different nervous system. And if they've been through an event that somebody else has been through, but they have a different reaction to it, that interests me. And it's like, yeah, you are totally unique, and we're going to figure out how your nervous system works. So you want to say it comes out of, yeah, it's going to have to come out of trauma because that's where we're looking for these activations to come in because that's what stirs the nervous system and the safety systems. So share with us what's one of the most important tools that you give people to start, and then we'll move back into boundaries. Sure. But, yeah, let's start with a, a, a one of your favorite tools. One of my favorite tools that I've gotten from Stephen Hoskinson through uh, Organic Intelligence, and um, I learned from Steve, the SE, so I got to be with him as he was developing somatic, uh, organic intelligence. And um, the biggest thing I got out of that, and I tell all my clients, is the practice of orientation. And orientation is connecting to the environment through the senses. So we, we are being able to look, uh, smell, hear what's happening in the present moment. And when we're able to do that, it takes us out of the system um, of what's good and what's bad within our nervous system. Because coming to the present moment brings us outside ourselves. You know, so I start each session with letting your eyes go where they want. It's not about look around the room, but it's actually because the eyes are the front end of the nervous system, it's allowing our eyes to disinhibit. Like I'm doing it right now. It's like I'm looking around and my eye caught the crystal that I have hanging in my window and and it's shimmering a little bit and that brings me some pleasure. Well, now that I have some I'm noticing outside myself some pleasure. I can then ask myself, do I notice any pleasure on the inside? It's like, oh, yeah. As you notice, my voice is starting to slow down. Like my, I realized my heart rate was going up a little higher. So now my heart rate is lowering. Um, the prosody is changing in my voice. 
Um, there's a smile on my face, right? And then I can come out and be more present with you. Hmm. So orientation to me is, uh, it sounds like a very easy skill, but I have found um, in my office and also just with friends and such, even friends who practice this, um, orientation doesn't come first nature. Uh, those of you know, I, I think of you in that you you go out hiking and you're very connected to nature. And those folks that I think are connected to nature come by orientation a bit easier, mm. in my in my uh, experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was not a nature gal, so I'm learning okay. to appreciate nature and come in and see nature. And you know, I've been doing some work with Eight Shields and John Young, and really learning how to appreciate the nature that's outside so I can appreciate the nature that's inside. Mm, that's inside. How do you see um, this orientation tool being similar or different to when you were talking about earlier of, you know, noticing what's okay first? Are they different tools or are they the same or related? Um, it depends on, like I said, they're, they're related, and it depends on um, – each person's nervous system. Because some people, for some people, going inside into the body, it, it's not tolerated. Like like I was when I first began. Like I cannot do this. So I need to come back outside first to find something pleasurable on the outside before I can come in and do something on the inside. So, um, but I recommend it to everyone because it just um, like if people who are listening now, if you had done the same thing of just letting your eyes go where they want. And to see something, um, what do our eyes like to look at? Is it a color? Is it a shape? Um, and see what happens. Then check, you can then check back in and say, does anything shift in your body? Do you know it's different? That's different, right? And for some people, maybe I'm still not going to the body, but some people may go, oh, yeah, I noticed that I'm starting to relax a bit or yeah. I can feel my butt in the chair. Um, so it, it depends on, like they say, for each nervous system, but it's uh, – it is a what's what's working kind of tool okay. first, Got it. just to establish that. Yeah. And as a somatic therapist, you are in the room with someone and you're asking them to check in in this way with your body or you're giving them tools or you're saying, let's do this orientation thing and take a moment to, you know, mm-hmm. look around. And so you are guiding them to learn tools on how to be in their body and tolerate mm-hmm. more sensation yep. and be more present with what is and just notice and be curious and all yep. of that. Okay, okay. To even, get, to even get to know our bodies, like that was always like, I, well, what am, I, what am I supposed to feel? What is it? It's like, no, it's like you have to be curious. Like, oh, oh, my toe's a little cold right now. Oh, hi, Cole. I, oh, what's warm? Oh, well, my heel is warmer than my toe. That's interesting. Oh, okay. It's tolerable. I can do that. Like, is that tolerable or not tolerable? If it's tolerable, check it out. Be curious. Yeah. Right. There's no right way. There's no certain thing that you're supposed to feel yeah. on and on, right? But at the beginning, right. I mean, even when I first started doing my authentic movement, the movement meditation practice, I was trying to perform, you know, for the witness. Right. I was trying to do my dance move so well, and she would say, Barry, just stop and begin again because she wanted it mm-hmm. to come more authentic or more natural or just be really just listening and following movement instead of trying to do something or do it a certain way, you know. Right. Yeah. Right. 
And that may come from a deeper place of wanting to please people. Of, oh, you know, totally. To, right. Yeah. So there's usually there's yeah. wanting to please. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. <laughs> uh, no, you go um, But, like, wanting to, wanting to please, we, we usually it starts very young, and these kind of, we then have a compensation. And, oh, well, we need to do this to please mom and dad. Okay, but now that's gotten in the way. And now I, as I get older, I start creating bigger compensations. And one might be I need to get just the right dance move. Yeah. Right, to, to be loved. Yeah. And, and um, and then what we get to learn is that we're all worthy of love and we just get to dance. Yes. You know, and, and that's the beauty in that too. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. So why is the concept, the topic, the theme, the arena of boundaries so significant to you? Uh, for me, I think it was because I needed to learn how to say no yeah. first. And for me, that that was my big no. For me to be able to put my hands up and to feel a boundary, um, I I think, you know, I'm still exploring this to this day in how I grew up. I feel like I'm connecting uh, just currently back to, like, my third grader, second grader, who loved people, who would hug people, who was just, I just wanted to get to know everybody, but I was also quite shy and introverted. And um, and I don't even say that as as a negative. Like I was just I was a quiet kid. I was sensitive, right? And but I also had this curiosity, and that started getting clamped down by teachers, by situations, and I never really got to say no and have it be heard. So to be able to come up, come up against a man in this padded suit saying some things that I didn't like, and me to say no, take a step back. It, that allowed my system to say, oh, that's what that's like. You haven't tried that before. And I shook when you talk about that nervous system, the adrenaline that went through me, and I was done with that first activity. I shook probably for 10 minutes, if not longer. And with the somatic experiencing and, that, and the somatic work, I was able to just let that happen and not judge it, not let my mind get in the way, mm-hmm. and let the physiology speak. And then I started trusting my physiology. I got to learn that as I go up, I also can come down. And learning to give myself more time to let things come down. Um, With boundaries, we're so eager to get it over with. Like, this is uncomfortable and I just want it done. With boundaries, we get to explore the complexity from the simple thing of saying no or saying yes to the complexities of let's start with this little bit and now let's talk again in a week and let's talk again in a month and let's figure out how this relationship, how are we going to come into relationship or come out of relationship with them, something or someone. So being able to get some skills on board to be able to, uh, from, I guess, saying no, but also noticing where my, uh, I would call it my aura is, knowing where my physical boundary is my skin as a boundary. Usually all of us, where we put our hands out with our arms extended, that's another boundary. That's my, this is my bubble. People say, this is my bubble. That is, we want to learn where these things are because then we can allow people to come in or to stay out of them. How do we share our boundaries once they learn them? 
Um, I, I, I don't want to get too complex too quickly because I just find it so fascinating um, on recognizing where a person's boundary is. I, I was teaching a class uh, at the Mindfulness Care Center in San Francisco with Rick Center. Uh, I recommend checking that out if you're interested in learning about meditation and such. And um, I was working with a gentleman where we were, t- we were uh, doing this, uh, this uh, exercise where one person uh, is in charge, the person learning about their boundaries, and they can ask the person to come closer or step back. And he was overriding when someone was stepping forward. And, and I would notice that because he would flinch a little bit as the person was coming closer. And he's like, no, 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 you can come closer. And I said, well, let's step back for a moment. And he got to learn that there was a certain range because his body told him, yeah. wait, yeah. wait. Now, I was a, I'm, I'm skilled in this for 20 years of recognizing these kind of smaller pieces, which sometimes freaks people out. They're like, how did you see that? Like, I'm well practiced at observing. To be able to notice that, and then what we got to do is take that moment in time where he flinched and let the body then react to that in which then he got a little scared and then he was able to shake a little bit and then he was able to come back out into orientation and be in the room. And then he was, after all that time, he was able to do it again and it wasn't a problem. He was able to say no, but his body didn't react to it. Okay. Mm -hmm. And he then developed more capacity over time um, as I continued to work with him was uh, being able to set all sorts of other boundaries and really actually enjoy his life more. So that's the that's the shift that happens in setting boundaries. Sure, we have that big moment where we say no the first time, but we actually move into enjoying our lives more. It's not about setting it's not about being angry and setting our boundaries more and dinner. Yes, that's all good. But it's actually that we get to go out and enjoy our lives more. Because there isn't the fear of setting a boundary. I can just I can easy I can say no easier now or um I, not today. I'd love to see you, but not today. There's just yeah. ways we can communicate so that I can be free of worrying about other people. There's so many ways to say no. You know, there's the initial, oh. right? Mm-hmm. There's the, mm-hmm. fuck you, no. You know, like, <laughs> no fucking way. And then there's there's more of like, I mean, there's just an entire spectrum, you know. And the first one is usually the swearing or the shaking and the so strong and the like, are you kidding me, you know, or or terrified yep. or, you know. And then, but. Or noticing but, the freeze when something happens when we go into a freeze. That's a Right, boundary. see, I go into fight. So um, uh-huh. my husband goes into freeze, I go into fight. So that's why the swearing and the, you know, the, yep. the initial, oh, my God, you know. Um, but other people, right, go into freeze, and other people take off, run, <laughs> yep. Yep. run like you know, run away. So, right, going back to the spectrum of that, and then learning more and more to get to the other side of more the elegant no, or the not today, or no thank you, or can't do this, but how about this, you know? Yes, finding options because when we're when we first have a boundary rupture, rupture usually there's no options. There's fight, you know, the options are fight, flight, or freeze. Right. But in our right. in our system, we're going to go to what we've been conditioned for, right? Which might be fight or flight or freeze. So, right. and in the when we're in those states, there's no choice. There's no choice exactly until we realize what's going on, and yep. these strategies, you know, are are 
coping mechanisms that we learned on how to survive, you know, as we were growing up, yeah. right? So I learned to survive in my family. I had to fight. I had to verbally yeah. spar and fight to stand up for myself and not get squashed, you know. And uh, everyone else is, is everyone has, is different, but that was what I learned. Like I got and my freeze, yeah. my freeze comes out in a big fight. I freeze mm-hmm. first. And then I come out in a big fight. Mm-hmm. So it's like I have, you know, you would call them extremes, but it's just how my system works. But if I can catch it sooner mm-hmm. and catch the signs, I don't have to go into freeze. Or I can notice the freeze and allow that to come out so I don't have to go into the fight. Yeah, yeah. Right. And I can come out into a middle, a middle ground. And that's why I call, call the work the boundary spectrum. Because there's so many different ways yep. in which we're coming in at boundaries and at different places in our lives and in different situations that there is a spectrum for how our body work and, and our is the, the responses we can give to those. Love it. Love it. Mm-hmm. So you you didn't use the word titration, but as you were talking about boundaries, you mm-hmm. were saying you you were talking about titration. So can you please first just explain, define what titration is, and then yeah. how is it related to boundaries? Um, I learned um, titration uh, when I was in somatic experiencing. I think I actually learned it in science class, where titration comes from that, where we want to take just a little bit at a time. Because if we take it too much at one time, we get overwhelmed. Like the, the, the bubbles will come out of the beaker too fast. But if we do it just a little bit at a time, all of a sudden the pink turns to blue. And what, that's what the experience, experiment wants to happen. So what I'm wanting to do is just take a little bit of something at a time. So even when I'm working with someone around a past trauma, I may want to just take a little bit of the story at a time and then let the body process what it just told me because it has a story to tell too. And that might be the shaking or that might be that, well, then I, then I went and hid, but then I got really angry. And then we're going to work through each of those little pieces. And it's like, great, now let's come back to the story and we can work with the story some more. But the system, we don't want to, um, often in growing up, like I talked about the compensation when we have our trauma too, big T or little T, is that we start piling that on top of each other and we don't allow it to be able to move through. And, um, you know, we're fortunate here in this country in that we're not in a war zone. And those people that are in war zones, they, they found a way to survive, but they've got, um, you know, situation upon situation um, and again, I don't want to judge anybody you know, on that, but I, I, I take that more of an extreme, you know, that in, depending on your living situation. Um, it could be trauma. I want to just, ah, I'm talking myself in a circle. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, That's okay. I'm right here, you know, following you. It, it, can you maybe define big T, little T? Is that as I want to be able to say what is extreme and what's not. But, yeah. again, it's with each, it's with each nervous system. Okay. Because, you know, if I tell you my history, it's not going to be the same as yours, and it may not be someone who's living in a war-torn country. Um, but our nervous systems might all react the same. Right. So, right. Or, they, or they're going to act all differently. 
right, depending on, I, you know, mine might be more extreme depending on where the nervous system is in its cycle. So um, my thought is how do we want to bring people to the life they want to live but do the hard stuff just a little at a time so it doesn't become overwhelming and okay. we don't shut down. I guess that's titration, a little at a yeah. time. Yeah, I loved it. I loved how you defined it from the science, you know, perspective and then mm-hmm. how that translates to doing this work. To do it, yeah. And I'll liken it to the work that we're doing in Art of Money too is when, you know, when I'm, when I'm I, even in assisting um, your group here, I still go through the my money work. And in that, I take, I'm taking a little at a time, which might be, Oh, I just I just want to make a list of the bills I need to pay. I may not pay them, but right now I need to just make a list of the ones I need to pay. Like I'm going to take it. That's what I can tolerate. Oh, and now I'm just going to pay that one. Ooh, now I can come into the pleasure of that and let that integrate. Oh, well, now maybe I want to pay a second one. Yeah. Okay. How, and you know, like you, like you teach of bringing in that. So help me bringing in the chocolate, bringing in the candles, celebrating something that's hard, like I'm going to get through this and do it in the most enjoyable way I can, bill paying is much better for me now. But it took that titration of a little bit at a time to get it where I can now sit down and pay my bills without a problem. Mm, yeah. Love it. So it, 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 it's taken years. Some people, it can take a day. Some people, it's because the awareness that I wasn't doing it was so hidden that it took some therapy and some some other work for me to come out and go, oh, that's why I don't pay my bills. Okay, now I can pay my bills. So, you know, this is where we all start in different places. We all end in different places even after the year and so on. And then Mm -hmm. it's an ongoing thing, right? Um, But also what you're sharing is we're at different places with our nervous systems as well or different stages of being triggered or aware of our trauma or in it or still healing from it. I mean, all, we're, that's forever, right? We're always, but, yep. um, and some of us, you know, are more incremental learners. Some of us learn or take bigger quantum leaps. We're all, we're, our pacing is also different, right? Yes. So I love yes. for you, you realize you needed to break it down um, yeah. in, into such a, a small little pieces around the bills. And then you could bring that same concept to another area. Yeah. So, you know, that was one of my next questions. You you started to answer it just now, which is how does the somatic work connect with the money work and art of money? Like why is why why do they go hand in hand? Uh I think cuz you so brilliantly start with like our money stories, you know, and where where does that I, I'm hoping I'm remembering that correctly. But that um like where where do we begin in our money healing? And usually that's our own stories of how we grew up, who's around us, you know, how we act around money. And that all involves our body and our system and the beliefs and, like I say, the sensations and the emotions and the circumstances within our systems and and within our lives. And to be able to recognize, to me, money is one of those topics where you really do want to break it down into these different elements so that the body can be involved. And uh, I, I think money often is thought of as like a mental thing. We have money. It's a practical and mental thing. 
but it's emotional. It, um, I have feelings about it. My um, stomach might uh, contract or release depending on what's happening with money, you know, and those are good signs for me. Like I can now recognize when my body reacts a certain way, how to tend to my money issue. Um, you know, there's times when I like, I really want to, you know, buy that such and such. And it's like, I can check in with my body now and go, is that really the safest thing to do? Or are you trying to, are you trying to work out something else? Yeah. Oh, I'm actually trying to work something else out. Well, can we take some time to make that decision? Because the body usually takes a little longer to catch up. And so to be able to pay attention to my body and then for my body to go, actually, I'm safe without purchasing that right now. Or I'm safe by paying that bill first before I take my vacation. Those making those decisions for my life, I, I get informed by what's happening in my system. And I've learned what what it is to feel grounded and settled and I wanna say I wanna say right appropriate I'm not gonna find the quite right what right word, but it's just like I know when I make the right decision. Mm. My system just settles, and I'm like, that's the right way to go. And that's taken practice to learn yeah. what was the right decision. So I'm going to make some mistakes, and I'm going to go, oh, botched that one, shouldn't have bought that. Okay, well, now we got to figure out how we make up that money or we need to do this or that. Lesson learned, and I forgive myself. We get out of the shame and move on to the next thing. And... Um, Kathy Kane talks about somatic shame and how our body actually holds the shame of some of these situations that happen. And that can be from um, how we were brought up, diversity issues, money issues, uh, a lot of different circumstances within our culture, you know, cultural stuff, where the shame then gets stuck in our system. And to be able to, I remember, I remember distinctly when my therapist said to me, do you think that's shame? And when she said that, I went into about a week's worth of confusion because my system had never understood that. What is shame? Shame? Well, I was in a shame spiral. And we slowly just worked at what was right and to get my mind back on board and to get my body, because we stirred it up so it was present, but to be able to do it in a way that wasn't overwhelming. And so I've also learned how to be confused and not let it scare me because I know my system is working something important out. When I get confused, I'm like, oh, we're on to something, and I'm going to learn some new choices here. I don't know what they are yet, but I'm going to learn some new choices. And so, Oh, keep yeah. going. Keep going. No, and I mean, I, that, that excites me. That took some time to do, too. But yeah. uh, that's where I hope people can get. Like, I'm excited when people go, I'm really confused right now. And I'm like, I am there with you. And and we're going to learn how to get your get your way out. We're you're going to find you're going to, the the fog is going to clear any moment now. You know? So is that how you know someone's in shame? You know, for me, a simple way I've always defined shame is moments when I just simply feel I'm not okay. I'm bad. I'm wrong. Yeah. Something's the matter with me, and um, all sorts of feelings can come up. But it. it uh, it can really feel foggy and like there's yeah. layers of cloaks on top of me. Um, how how are you really simply defining shame here in this in this in the story that you're telling? Uh, usually, I'm, I negatively label myself. Oh, you're such an idiot. Okay. Okay. 
Somebody else told me that. Maybe I needed to call myself that to survive. But that's shame. It's like, oh, I, I, I just made, I just made a, a spending error. Like, I don't have to be ashamed by that if I'm learning to look at it. Well, I can take responsibility for it. Go, yeah, I made that decision. And it's like, well, and the phone comes in, well, you shouldn't have done that. Well, I know that now. I don't have to take on the shame of it. There's like, no. Okay. Got it. So, or yeah, defining it that. in a similar way, like, I'm not okay, I'm stupid, I'm not, you know, Correct. I don't know how to do this. Okay. Um, so one, two last questions, okay? If yeah. you can yeah. indulge me a little bit on the body check-in. So the body check-in is yeah. something, you know, that I, I just refer to it as a body check-in. It's a, as you know, it's a very first tool that I yeah. give people when we're starting the Art of Money journey, when I'm working with someone privately, when I'm giving a talk, anything. You know, we, I've always said the body check-in is the stopping and pausing and checking in on a physical sensation, emotional, breath level, and all of yep. the daily money interactions that we have and so on, right? And I offer that and then say, now go practice it, you know? Yep, that's great. Um, what's your perspective on that or what's your version? Is that similar to how you teach? Would you tweak it a bit? What other explanation or guidance would you give people as they're as you're sending them off to start you know, practicing a body check-in and all of these daily money interactions when you're going to check numbers, when you're going to have a money conversation, so on. For those people who are not familiar with their body so much, I usually, like we talked about earlier, is finding what's right, what is pleasurable, what is non-addictive pleasurable feel like in your body so that they can start checking in with something that's more comfortable. Can because you give an again, example? Often, yeah, give a little more examples of that. Like just so instead of during money interactions when you're in the heat of the moment, after you've made a purchase, when you're about to have a money conversation, mm-hmm. there's already um energy, sensation happening, right? So Yeah. So this is separate. You're suggesting that before people do that, maybe they do the practice of orienting and noticing What's yep. okay? Oh, okay. Yeah, what's, like, what's working, like, outside of, like, if, if you know that money is your issue, you may want to uh, start start the body check-ins on, on things that are not your issue. Okay. Like, I really like taking a walk, and my body feels strong, and I can feel my legs moving. Wow, this is what my legs feel like. Oh, and there's, like, some throbbing in a good way because blood's flowing. Right? That's when we start to get to recognize what's happening in our system that's more positive. Okay, so now I've now come into the money stuff. Oh, I'm not so confident there. Well, I can feel the constriction that's happening. And what if I may just watch that for a moment and see if that shifts? If you're, if you're not afraid of it, go ahead and check it out. Be curious about it. If it starts to scare you, come back off it a little bit and don't think you have to go to the center of the issue. But stay on the, stay, just stay on the edges of it. And so I guess with that, I just want to tell people to go easy. Be gentle with yourself when you're doing body check-ins. Mm-hmm. If you're someone who's familiar with your body and knows how to go in there and can tolerate uncomfortable situations or uncomfortable feelings, um, do that. And do that also with curiosity and care. Um, it's just I just don't want anybody to go into um, more of their shutdown or more of their freeze or more of the fight if it's not tolerable. Got it. Like if, if you can be tolerable with freeze, which is what I hope people can learn to do, 
it's like that can be kind of fun. It can be pleasurable for you. So it's like I'm just sitting here. I can't move. I can't get out of my chair. But God, it's a beautiful day, and <laughs> I have no fear. Oh, okay, now I'm ready to get out of my chair because impulse then comes up. Usually shows up. So one, you know, do this. Go for a walk or do something where you, you know, you just. You know how to do it, or you find it feels good. You already know yeah. how to do that, and check in and orient to that. So do that first, and then see how that goes, and then starting start doing body check-ins. And if you're having so much reaction, then you know that's when I would say then go find yourself a somatic therapist, or yeah, go right. call you, Andrea, and some help. work with someone, yeah, on a more ongoing mm-hmm. basis to learn these tools and to have a witness and to start practicing them, you know, in a safe place, yeah. And we've seen, you know, we've seen in the Facebook group where you, I've seen you recommend that to people or I've come in to assist people, and those people who have done that because that's what they, they saw that they needed, their money, their money stuff moved so much faster, yeah. in my opinion. Or they were able to take bigger, they got to where they wanted to be sooner, let's say it that way. They got to be where they wanted to be. Um, they moved. They, the flow came in a lot easier because they incorporated the body. They got some support, and then all of a sudden they're buying the house they want to buy and <laughs> paying off those bills they wanted to pay out. I mean, it's just like, oh my goodness, that person just ran with it. It's so lovely to see where where you need support, yes. you know, and get it. Whether it be through the body, a somatic, come to see me, or whether that's you know, get more financial coaching from one of the other TAs, or you know, wherever you need support. So, Andrea, what is one last thing that you would want to share, um, knowing that there's so much more to share and that we've just begun, but is there any one last thing Mm -hmm. that this interview wouldn't feel complete unless you said it (laughs) for now, complete Mm. for now? Yeah, I think I'm just going to kind of be an example of allowing my system to settle because, like, I'm even noticing right now my uh, fingers are a bit cold, and that usually happens when I'm moving a little, my system's moving a little too fast. So even as I acknowledge it, um, my legs are kind of letting go, and um, I can can see a little clearer. Things are looking a little more crisper. Um, I can tell my breath still wants to go a little fast. So, you know, when we're done with this call, I'm going to sit for a little bit and track that um, as I also use my orientation skills. So it's just to let people know that um, deactivating or coming down off of something, even if it's exciting and pleasurable, can take some time. And to give yourself just a little more time than needed uh, or than you think you need to really land coming back out and uh, coming back into the present moment. Hmm. Beautiful. And where can people find you online? I am at easethebody, E-A-S-E-T-H-E-B-O-D-Y.com or theboundaryspectrum.com. That will get you back to the same space. Um, I'm also online at the Ease the Body, on Facebook, Ease the Body. Uh, you can find me in those two places. Andrea, thank you so much for joining me today. This was, I can just feel my, I can feel just even my breath deepening in my body as we're completing. Mm. And just the whole time I was doing 
way more body check-ins during this interview than I probably have in some of the others. Um, Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. And I cannot tell you how excited I am for your Body Spectrum podcast and for your Boundaries class to all go live in 2018. Thank you. Yes, I, uh, for those, I have done a wonderful interview. Barry did a wonderful interview with me. Uh, I did it with her on the Boundary Spectrum that will come out soon. And Barry, thank you for being a wonderful example of uh, true humanness. And I have learned so much from you. So I'll get emotional talking about it. I really love you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. I love you too. <laughs> And so I'm grateful for you and appreciate you so much. Yeah, thank you. Likewise. Hi again. Thank you so much for joining me today. What you heard here is a delicious sample of the loving guidance, heartful inspiration, and practical tools you'll find in my year-long money school, The Art of Money. I hope you found something here to take with you, a lesson, some inspiration, or even just a little grace for yourself and where you are in your own money journey. If you're feeling called to wade deeper here, please pack your financial goals, soul deep aspirations, and grab your favorite person. You can find out more at barrytesler.com.